Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and Greg Wright with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Gregory, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. You know, this has been a big week for talking about visibility and analytics and everything that people need to do with innovation and technology for their, you know, to live in this new, the new abnormal, right? Oh. We're not, we shouldn't be ready for normal yet because it ain't here. We're going to owe Kavan some... IP royalties. So the new abnormal, but Hey, the week gets even bigger because in this episode, we're going to be talking to a mover and shaker, uh, especially in logistics tech space. And they're helping companies across the globe ship track and pay much better and much more successfully. So stay tuned for an intriguing and informative conversation. Hey, quick programming note. Hey, Greg, if folks like what they hear here, where should we send them? How about supplychainnow.com? or wherever you get your podcasts from, or especially YouTube, because we look so good. <laughs> That's right. Well, and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss conversations just like this. You can learn a lot from our friends here today, one of which is a repeat guest, Greg. We love a repeat guest. So want to formally introduce our guest here today, bringing back an old favorite repeat guest, a dear old friend, Nate Endicott, Senior Vice President for Sales and Marketing at Rate Links. Nate, how you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for having me, Scott and Greg. Yeah, you welcome bet. back. Thanks, man. Well, you know, we're going to bring you for the supply chain nerds talk sports at some point because we're going to dive deep into your baseball knowledge and background. Ah. It's one of our fascinating parts about your journey, but uh, we'll save that for a later day. We'll, we'll touch on a little bit here, but Good great song. to have you back and love what Rate Links is up to. And, and you brought with you uh, a colleague, Andrew Hooser, Vice President of Customer Solutions with Rate Links. Andrew, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. You bet. We're not yeah. telling any secrets. But there might just be an Incredibles shot of you and the family out here. We'll see if we can't include that to show notes somewhere, right, Greg? That's it. Could be amazing or another definitive word. That's right. Well, Andrew, welcome, welcome to the family, and uh, looking forward to hearing your perspective here today. All right. So, Greg, where are we starting? I think you're leading us off today, right? Yeah. Well, it's been so long since Nate's been with us, almost a year. Though, if anyone listened to that show, I'm sure they remember because it was a heck of a lot of fun. So let's just kind of reintroduce Nate. Maybe tell us a little bit about you're from California originally. You're in Arizona now. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about something cool that happened in your time in California. Time in California. Yeah. So grew up in Southern California. It's kind of all I know and remember. And then I moved to Arizona in 99. But time in California something that people like to hear on golf courses and just kind of hanging out and having a drink is I grew up just a few doors down from Tiger Woods with wow. something interesting in California, but it was fun to hang out with him and grow up and golf together and play croquet and swim and throw darts. And was he a go good kid? Park. He was an excellent kid. <laughs> Did he teach you anything about golf? You know what? The only lesson I ever had in my entire life was from Earl and I had two lessons and we, wow like that we would consider lessons, but we used to go out to the Navy course all the time and play and hit balls. And I think, you know, just like in 
the time that we're in now or anything from a, a dad, for a husband, from a friend, uh, you know, being in a tough time or being challenged, you know, it's those spots where we get squeezed. And when we get in tough spots, you know, how are you going to react to get out of it? Or what are you going to do to, to land well? And Earl would always take golf balls and put them in the toughest spots. So behind a bush, you know, having to go the opposite direction with a big, huge oak tree right in the middle of you, four feet from you. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you have five shots to get to the hole. So, yeah, or, it was good times. Or maybe if you got my skill set, Earl then would be putting it on the tee in the perfect position. <laughs> <laughs> Still couldn't yeah. make it to the green Still in five, five shots. shots. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But no, yeah. I was, that was a lot of fun California memories. But no, I think growing up, that's probably one of the ones that it doesn't get talked about much, but definitely in my story of life could flip to that book. And it's been earmarked with some cool stuff. That's very cool. Well, so you went from hitting behind trees to using trees. Yep. So played, played, played a little bit about baseball in the league. Yeah. So I left California, call, you know, high school, went to Cypress High School in Southern California, got drafted out of high school, chose to go to Long Beach State and play ball. Did that for a few years and then ended up getting drafted again and spent not enough time. I think I wish I wouldn't have hung it up when I did, but I learned a ton from it. I played a few years in the, the minors and got a little bit of pro sports in my my accolades, but definitely something that is, you know, shaped who I am. The competitiveness in who I am today is another, again, I think earmark in my book of life is just baseball. Yeah. It's hard to watch a full game <laughs> nowadays with four kids and all the other stuff going on. But um, I, I miss playing. I miss putting a glove on and smelling the grass and having that fun stuff going on. That's cool. Where did you, where did you land in your career? Uh, with Boston. I also was drafted with the, uh, the Braves out of high school. But yeah. Cool. Where'd you play minor league ball? Through their farm system. Got most of the time was spent in Pawtucket. Oh yeah. So it was, Back in then, I believe it was double A. Yeah. They've switched it back and forth, but. Yeah, so you stuff. were up there. I, I wish I wouldn't have hung it up when I did. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I think you see so many people who were in athletics who are successful in business because you, you learn that it takes work that you have to power through that sometimes they throw the ball at you and not to you. And all, you know, all those lessons that I'm sure you can enunciate much better than either of us can. It's, it's amazing to see that how many people. Absolutely. Speaking of which, Andrew, tell us, (laughs) not pro sports, but great to have you join us and uh, tell us a little bit about, a little bit about you, maybe pre-professional career and tell us a little bit about uh, what you did in the sports arena. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. My dad was a small business owner. My mom was an accountant. So definitely not to Nate's level, but sports did play a huge role in my up- upbringing. I played football, wrestled uh, through the shot put as well. So I was a state heavyweight wrestling champion. That uh, was my claim to fame. Beat a guy, I was down uh, with 12 seconds left and uh, got a takedown with four seconds left to, to win the state championship. So that was a pretty cool. Wow. Cool so that was, that was fun. Um, but yeah, definitely reiterate everything you guys are saying about sports. It's a great way to learn how to, how to work hard and work through adversity. Andrew also played against Michael Orr. 
So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I, I, I did. Yeah, he in was. In high school or college? Uh, yeah. No, in high school. So in the blind side, uh, in the credits, they show actual picture pictures of Michael Orr. So you can actually see, I was lined up against him. You can see half my shoulder pad and half of my helmet in one of the pictures. <laughs> That's me. I know. I, I didn't get any money for, for the for the use of my, my image or anything, but I guess I should have asked. <laughs> you were a D2 semifinalist also in wrestling, right? In college? Yeah. No, I, I hung up uh, wrestling. Oh, you did? Uh, going to college. Yeah, I, I just, I was kind of burned out. So I played some college rugby, actually at Georgia Tech. And uh, after I got my face reconfigured about four times, I, I decided to focus on academics. That's a, that's a man sport right there. It's harder than anything else I've ever played. Well, there's no protection in that sport, right? No. And Americans play it like they they have pads on. It's all a bunch of ex-football players. Um, so everybody's running full speed. They don't play it like the Europeans where they actually form tackle and, and know how to take somebody down. So uh, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, at some point it, it just wasn't worth the, the pain. <laughs> wow. Let's go from athletic prowess to industry leadership and eventually supply chain prowess. So Nate, of course, folks probably remember some of your background professionally, but I want to re, you know, refresh these folks a little bit. It's been, it's been a while. And, and as we know, everything's changed in a year, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. So professionally, you know, kind of walk us through a couple of key, you know, key positions that really helped shape your worldview prior to rate links. Yeah. So held, you know, I've been in this space since 2000. So I've spent a lot of time at, you know, global freight audit pay companies focused on supply chain finance and freight audit and met Shannon Valancourt, our CEO and president and founder almost eight years ago. And I was tired of the, of the grind trying to sell something that just didn't feel strategic enough. And it was uh, offering a piece of the solution, but I felt like all the conversations were leading to man having something else in your toolbox, you know, tool bag and toolbox. And so I was uh, my little, our little guy, five or he's now seven, had had five heart surgeries, and I was being tasked. We had some deal going on, and his first week being born, and I reached out to Shannon because I was kind of getting tasked with leaving and traveling more, going across the globe. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I want to go do it different to help some shippers. I had lost a few deals to rate links and I called Shannon sitting in the hospital. I'm like, Hey, this is what I do. It seems like this is what you guys do. He claims that he's never responded to anybody on LinkedIn except me. And it was because I lived in Phoenix and he was moving to Phoenix. But as soon as we met, that was kind of the, the, the end all tell all for me of hanging my hat on someone that has a ton of integrity and, you know, treats his employees well, but then also has a great product in the market. Agreed. And of course, uh, Greg and I, we've had a chance to meet and, and interview Shannon a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, it, it's, I love to hear in that personal side of his leadership and his, and his worldview. You know, we need more folks like that, that, that put the emphasis on the important stuff and not all the fluff. So I appreciate you sharing Nate and hopefully, so you're, you're, that child of yours, that son of yours, I think if I heard you right, he's now seven, got yeah, past seven. all the heart surgeries. and Yeah, he's, pro- yeah, he's probably, I don't know, I've, his dad, so I brag on him, but he's a very, very good athlete. He's very competitive, so he's like his mom and dad. But no, he's doing great. He just had a recent checkup, and um, the data shows that 
you know, he doesn't need anything for a while. So we keep our fingers crossed and know that God's got a plan for his life, but he's the rock solid kid, great sports, soccer, he wants to be a pro soccer player. That's all he talks about. So I can remember my, myself when I was a young kid and I had a dream of being a pro baseball player. It, it's That's what he talks about all the time. You don't always hear that. And so I want to resource him and, and encourage him to do what he feels like he wants to do. But he's he's doing good. I love it. You know, that the whole resilience term is thrown around here, there, and everywhere all the time. But that that human spirit that, that yeah. persevered through, gosh, five heart surgeries, and now he's thriving. That's a wonderful story. Okay. So Andrew, similar question, you know, let, let's kind of set the table from your professional purview, how, how, you, how you view the world. What are some early roles prior to rate links that helped you form that? Yeah. So I was an industrial engineer as far as education. So had a great background to understand processes and systems uh, and really wanted to go into logistics. Uh, so I started out working for a, um, a smaller third party logistics company, uh, focused on international logistics. I uh, got to do a lot of different things, uh, some operations, did some consulting work, um, you know, so that was a really good background. Uh, and eventually um, I was actually hired by one of our customers I'd done a project for going into a logistics analytics role. Uh, so really I got exposed to the finance side of, of logistics and supply chain um, how to build budgets, how to build variants, how to build KPIs, started getting, you know, more uh, visibility into, you know, visualization tools, um, not just spreadsheets. That role eventually ended up uh, where I was running global logistics for the organization. We merged with a couple other sister companies. So really got to develop the strategy for what was a five and a half billion dollar company, uh, standardized everything. Um, you know, selected TMS, vendor selection. So I really got exposed to the strategic side of things. Then uh, a little over a year ago, I uh, decided to, to come to RateLinks, where really it was a, a perfect role for me. I have the operations experience, I have the analytics experience, I have the strategic experience. So now to be able to put that all together and help develop solutions for our customers has really been a, you know, perfect role for for you know who I am and, and what I've done so far. I love it. Uh, Nate, it's like when the Atlanta Braves picked up Greg Maddox in the offseason. Right. Looks like got all <laughs> a Cy Young winner is gonna lead rate links into the playoffs. So playoff glory. And I gotta tell you, with hearing your background, professional background, you couldn't have taken too much of a licking playing rugby because that's that's some real smart stuff that you've been leading through your career. So what a great uh, get for the rate links team. Protecting right, his head. That's right. Well, Greg, right on time, as usual. Before I move forward, we want to make sure folks understand what RateLinks does. But what's your favorite part? I mean, you know, we love the background and we love how folks view industry based on their experiences, both as a human and as a you know practitioner and leader. What what did you hear there? I just think that you've taken not just the athletic aspect of it, but the learnings from that and really translated that into into how you approach everything. And I, I've seen people that have been so powerful because of, of being able to do that, right? And um, it's, not, it's not even the physical aspects of athletics, it's the discipline, it's the, it's the repetition, it's understanding that failing is part of success. It's all of those things that are critical. And, and I think that's what makes people who perform 
for a significant amount of time in athletics, whether it's just through high school or through college and even into the pros. It's just what makes them so successful is they are willing to grind it out. They recognize that, you know, the 10,000 hours thing is real. It takes 10,000 hours to be great at anything. And the discipline to keep getting up when somebody smacks you in the face on the rugby field, right? That that's, that's what business is all about. It's not as physical, but it's, it's very much the same sort of situation. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about rate links now. And, and Nate, I want to start with you, you know, in simple terms that anyone can understand, including us that may be like myself, a little bit slower than everyone else. What does rate links do? Let me dumb it down, Scott. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's the, the beauty and the beast of what we do, man. I, I think uh, every company has its, you know, 30 second, you know, elevator pitch. Greg, it was you that said, Hey, Nate, what is the people? are coming to you for, because that's, you know, kind of, you know, and what they're telling the market needs. Um, at the very, very basic core of what we do, we help companies ship, track, and pay better. We are a data-driven company, so we help companies become data-driven. And in a nutshell, we help them not just connect to data, but we connect, we integrate data, then we do data quality, so standardized, normalized, and cleanse data. And then we help them find, identify opportunities. So they either have a TMS or they need pieces of a TMS. They have track and trace or they need help with track and trace. They have freight audit or they need help with freight audit or they need analytics. And some have all that, but they're still looking for that, what we call data IQ, where it's you know data integration and data quality. And um, I think that's the what everyone's coming to rate links for right now. It's really the data integration and data quality. Everybody's after better visibility end to end they don't just want pieces so that's really at the core is helping people ship track and pay better and then really helping them become data driven and digitize decision making mm. you know there's so many players in the marketplace out there nate i mean who is most likely to be using what you're doing is it the shippers so we have a few 3pls um yeah. and a few carriers that leverage us we're more on the shipper side and that's kind of always been the system can handle obviously can you know any 3PL any carrier can use it but we've always just kind of stayed in that lane with the shipper side and and if I can ask another follow-up question to that just uh, for our listeners how do folks engage with rate links is it like an annual plan is it a, is it a quarterly plan how, how do folks access all of those uh, uh, information that you shared yeah so it really depends on what solution they need that we go in and help them with and then um, you just have a monthly cost. It's just a monthly fee. And there's we have a unique solution around what we do as far as our pricing model, business model, go-to-market strategy on the pricing side where there's no professional service fees. So once we get started, you can add any carriers, you can add you know any SCACs, you can add reports, you can change you know, anything in the TMS, you can add pieces to the TMS. There's no upgrade fees. So it's in the cloud and you can you can add as you go, but, um, it's a monthly fee. Yeah. Love it. Take what you need and use what you take. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, you don't need the buffet if you just want salad, no dressing. Right. You know, Man, sometimes I, I, you just want a couple croutons and everybody's always sold. I mean, as you guys know, you know, the typical software, I mean, our shirts say rate links and we have some under armor, Travis Matthews, Nike, they don't say, you know, don't rush me. I'm paid by the hour. And I think that's the problem still in the industry when everybody's wanting something. 
you know, it's like the cars right now, people are paying 20,000 over MSRP just to get a car. And it's like, look, you know, you don't have to do that. You know that, right? <laughs> right. It's, it, it's fascinating times we live in both as a consumer and in supply chain for sure. Um, and I, by the way, I need you Nate, to talk to my kids and coach them up on buffets and what they need and what they don't need. We'll save that for a later time. Andrew, as we were talking, I want to talk about what Nate has described as rate links is working well because y'all been recognized by a ton of different folks. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but anything else you would add to how rate links works and, and what it provides? Yeah, I would just say, and Nate alluded to it, but unlike a lot of TMSs or, you know, systems, similar systems, we don't come in and say, here's our module, take it or leave it. Um, we take a very consultive approach uh, to understanding what are the needs of the customer, and then we configure the system around that. Um, so I think that's something that you don't see a lot. And you know, really it, we're able to tailor the solution to the customer need and not just try to put a, you know, square peg in a round hole. Um, we, you know, we really fit the peg to, to match the hole. Um, and I think that's a huge value add for us. Agreed. Agreed. No okay. Doubt. Greg, you want to add something before we yeah, start talking? Yeah. Well, about I, I love the, I love the low um, services model of this. I've implemented WMS, TMS, all the MSs. I've implemented all of those things and it is a cadre of consultants who come in and spend months trying to configure the most precise detail. And it's because their shirts do say I get paid by the hour on there. And this model of technology being able to plug and play and configure, that was a key word that Andrew used there, configure rather than customize. That's a critical aspect of what will accelerate companies in this new era because the tolerance for the need for frankly for uh, customization of technology has long since passed and it's really only those big companies that are slaves to the big four consulting companies because that's who helps them sell their tech that have to do that you don't have (laughs) as nate said you don't have to do that (laughs) <laughs> right. There are alternatives. You can plug it in. You can use switches and virtual switches and dials and configurators that that get you where you need to be every bit as customizable and every bit as enterprise class as any of the big companies out there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, configurators. That's a new word for me. Uh, you, you're kind of channeling Jack Nicholson there, Greg, or maybe Nate was. I don't know, but I like that. Blatantly <laughs> still from that there. All right. So let's talk awards for a minute. So just like back in the day, Nate was winning silver sluggers and uh, Andrew was winning Ric Flair championship belts and wrestling. Hey, <laughs> Ray, Ray, and you know, I was going to fit Ric Flair in at some point yeah. in the conversation. He was a real, <laughs> Andrew was a real wrestler to be right, right. clear, and Andrew, but he probably was probably didn't have the cool. That's right. Uh, We're all in good fun or all in good fun, uh, Andrew, because you could, you could probably kick my rear end between rugby well, I was, and I was just and, thinking, I'm, I'm looking at Andrew and I'm thinking, he's thinking right now, I can whip Ric Flair. <laughs> No, I'm I'm in Memphis. It's about Jerry Lawler here. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, the Kings. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. That's All right. Great. This is like the uh, conversation we're having with our friend from Hans, uh, who hosts a pro wrestling <laughs> podcast, and we were talking freight, and it all it all kind of. It was that common theme of, of all the wrestlers we could think of from back in the 80s. We love that. But uh, all right, I got to bring it back on point here because it's about recognition. It's about proving out the rate, rate links model. Y'all, I mean, from pros to no, Gartner, inbound logistics, you name it. 
you are having to build out a bigger trophy case. So, Nate, back to you, and we'll get Andrew way into what out of all the recognition I've received, what stands out most important to you and why? Yeah, I think, I mean, let's face it, there's in this industry, it, it's a pay to play model. I mean, that's it is what it is, right? There's certain spots that you kind of look at awards and you're like, ah, it's so cute, you know, like give a little fuzzy for it. I think where uh, where we've evolved lately and it's, you know, our own customer base, it's been eyes wide open for them of finally them to realize, oh my gosh, like you guys are right. The value that you guys have in your solution is what we've done with Gartner lately. And I think it's helping them understand all of the, you know, the analysts there, the the depth of our solution from a tech side, tech stack, tech side, but that it truly is a data first approach where it's, it's not just, you know, you, we always talk about, you know, the 3Ds, logistics and 3Ds to us is diagnose, develop and deploy, you know, and most of the companies, they go do a TMS RFP, you go deploy and it's like, you didn't even really diagnose. So now you're calling me after you've selected this TMS or after you've selected this track and trace provider, freight off pay provider. And now I'm having to come in and augment, which is fine, but it's, you got to diagnose through data, develop the right strategy, the right solution, and then you go deploy it. And I think that's, you know, Gartner's locked on with us around our data first approach where we're truly helping customers. You know, if it's like, if it ain't really a big need, why are you doing it? So magic quadrant this year, um, it's our first time in it. It's huge. I mean, daily, we're getting, you know, pummeled. It's awesome to see customers, shippers, small, big, medium, global, calling us excited about, you know, solving some of their TMS gaps that they've had for years where they've spent millions and millions and millions. And they're still having to spend millions and millions to go make that change, go get that upgrade when they can quickly. They don't have to do that anymore. They have a choice. So Magic Quadrant this year in TMS, also real-time visibility provider, TMS. You know, I'd say we're probably one of the top three out there globally. Um, it's our solution. We haven't bought anybody. We integrate it. We don't just connect you to data. We help you solve the right problem. So I think that's another big, big, big accomplishment for us. When you look at these you know, track and trace providers that have raised hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and have valuations that are you know, out of this world and almost unfathomable of just connecting the data. It's like, it's just visibility, but that's been another huge accomplishment is that real-time track and trace. And then from a small parcel side, we are one of the top, you know, three and five globally with FedEx and UPS volume going through our system. So we're recognized in Gartner, not just TMS, but also that multi-carrier small parcel shipping system so that you don't have to go get a TMS and then turn right and have to go do another project with small parcels. So it really, they all work together as far as helping customers, but we can come in and just help them solve their pain. But I'd say those, you know, if they have, you know, in our organization have some pros to nose and, you know, inbound logistics, top 100 and all the stuff that we've always been involved in. But I'd say that most recently it's that, you know, what we've been doing with Gartner and helping customers. Cause it, it sucks when, you know, you have a relationship, it's with the business and they go to IT and IT's like, well, are they in the magic quadrant? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but we can kick butt, you know, in magic quadrant, like we can, you know, the butchwhacker um, and all the other stuff, <laughs> but it's fun now to be able to not have that as a, Hey, we don't meet that checkbox. Yeah. Um, so that it's, it's been a, a fun last couple of months. And I know 20, the end of this year is going to be awesome. And then heading into next year, it's it's good to be able to finally have that stamp of approval. 
to continue the analogy, Andrew, I want to get your take on Magic, magic Quadrant. It's huge. So it's like uh, Jerry Lawler out there pummeling Andy Kaufman as <laughs> the rest of the industry. And that's one, just one of the many feuds that the King had. But what else would you add when it relates to the mad, that was a leap, the Magic Quadrant? What else would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, it's it's an objective source to really demonstrate the value of our system and and what our customers are able to get out of it. When I was a shipper, I would be looking at magic quadrants of for whatever I was looking for to determine what are the legitimate players in the industry. So I really think it just speaks to, you know, what our system can do, the time that it's done it. You know, it's not a, a brand new system. The company's been around for for 20 years, but we keep adding on to it to make it better and better and better. Um, and I think it just objectively uh, legitimizes that. Um, and it's very meaningful in the marketplace. Agreed. Good stuff there, Andrew and Nate. And congrats on Magic Quadrant and, and all the rest. But that is a big one, a, a couple of them. All right, G- Greg, you know, we've certainly, before I move on to some to story time is what to call it, because we love stories and love like a- application, practical application stories. But we've talked a lot about the Magic Quadrant. We've talked a lot about the Gartner approach. Of course, Mike Griswold with, is with us once a month. What's your take? As someone that has, 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 has been in that space, how, what, what would you add here? Yeah, well, I mean, my company was a leader in the Magic Quadrant too, uh, Blue Ridge. And, the, you know, the thing that's to me is most impressive and has to be most rewarding for Nate and Andrew is you can't buy your way there. Um, you know, we were up against and they are up against companies that spend millions of dollars a year with with Gartner in terms of analysis and consulting and and research that that organization does. It's the premier organization in terms of research and analysis in in the technology industry. And you can't get there by buying your way there. You got to build your way there. So that has to be a great feeling. And it is. I can tell you from personal experience, it's a great feeling to get in into that that uh leaders quadrant it's a great thing to be in the magic quadrant to begin with right um but you know to be rewarded for the hard work that you've done to be recognized that you are as they both said a legitimate player you don't have to be in the magic quadrant to to be a legitimate player but i think the, the three of us here all recognize that it doesn't hurt uh, to be recognized as one of the top legitimate players in in the industry. So that's powerful stuff. Agreed. And I like what I like there hearing from Nate and Andrew. They didn't acquire anything, and they're not sitting under laurels like Andrew mentioned. It, they, right. they are building it and building it and building yes. it and, and putting their finger on the pulse of what the market wants and needs and putting in the work, you know, putting in the work and innovation. So, okay, let's move right along because I want to um, – Andrew, I'll start with you. I, I really uh, – you know, those compelling stories that really kind of spells out kind of some of the things you are doing uh, for some of your clients out there. So what would you share? Yeah, I would say, you know, right now what what we're seeing is, you know, in the last year, supply chains have obviously changed, right? Uh, A year ago, you could um, order something on Amazon, it'd be there in two days. Uh, Now that's not necessarily the case. And so when it comes to you know, visibility really as that's evolved over the last decade or so, it's really been focused on the outbound side, looking at my customer deliveries. And really, I think the last year has put an emphasis on the inbound uh, supply chain, 
uh, as manufacturers are looking for raw materials to plan their production, uh, or as just distributors are, are looking for inventory to fulfill orders, you know, it's really, can I look at what my vendors are doing um, and get visibility to that freight coming in uh, so I can have some sort of ability to predict what's going to happen, um, you know, as I service my customers has really been um, telling in the last year. And, and you know, it has changed so much that the, the needs, the demands, the risks, the, the challenges we're tackling. I mean, gosh, they've changed a ton in the last few years and they've changed a ton in the last few weeks. And, um, you know, um, Greg, I want to recall something before I go back to Nate. Um, and we were just talking a couple of times here today, you know, if, if these, you know, we talk about machine learning all the time, but mm -hmm. we need to be talking about leadership learning because if, if, if leaders and organizations don't, really in a permanent and in a, in a, in a um, root cause manner address these challenges we had lately and, and don't treat them as blips we're going to be set up like a house of cards around the corner for the next disruption you know speak to that a second before i get the next um comment from nate yeah i mean aside from the seismic societal disruption of closing down the entire economy of the entire planet entirely at once then this, the exposure of the fragility of supply chains would not have happened. But the truth is, aside from that act, and of course, the repercussions from that, we've had a number of, of disruptions that have made, made the press simply because now supply chain is in the limelight. Believe it or not, ships have got stuck in the Suez Canal before. Believe it or not, they've had below freezing temperatures in Texas before, right? Ports have been jammed before, or 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 port workers have not been available before. So, all of these many and many of these disruptions have happened and will continue to happen. And companies need to build for that, not only because these disruptions will continue to happen, but because now we can't hide behind the sales team in a in a quarterly or annual call with analysts and shareholders. Right. Supply chain. We wanted our seat at the table and we got it. And <laughs> now we got to live with the repercussions of what that means, which is they're going to point at us and the salespeople if things go wrong. Yep. Stand and deliver. Okay. Skippy. So Nate, uh, again, and, and from a practical standpoint, uh, story, you know, practical application, what else would you add? It's a good example of, of, of what you are doing. I mean, I think it really had, you know, around the visibility side, I mean, it really is something that, I mean, one, we absolutely can replace, you know, TMSs and do TMS. It doesn't happen all that much right now because, you know, now that everyone's focused on these other things, it's like, hey, if we can augment. Visibility is probably the biggest thing that we get, you know, called on. And I think there's this gap that we see in the market, and I think Gartner has finally seen it, around, you know, data quality. And there's a difference between aggregating data and connecting data and integrating data so anybody can go you know it's like the iceberg you know putting visualizations and excels and dashboards you know that's above the water that's easy data scientists will sign up for that all day long it can knock that out that's easy going and connecting to all that systems and all that they make it seem difficult and other companies do too i think at times but that's probably the next layer where it's tough the under the, the next layer, what we think is that integration layer where you're integrating all, not just the systems, but all that data together, um, where it frees up all this, you know, resource inside and time to be able to help the business 
deliver on their accountability. I mean, we've talked a lot about Insider now as our accountability ladder. And uh, every shipper out there now is, you know, we asked supply chain asked to have a seat. They have a seat, but now they're held accountable. And I think the only way to be held accountable is by, you know, leveraging the data. And we're even seeing it as you try to roll this stuff out. There's, you know, you'll show an opportunity and it's worth millions. And they can absolutely go do it. And they don't want to share it inside. It's like, ah, I just don't know if I can do that right now. So I think it is this end-to-end visibility thing. And I think um, the problem is really around, uh, you know, you've got this supply chain's been blown up and now everybody's being held accountable inside and now they're having to do something. And so as they're coming out and trying to figure out how to do it, we are seeing that gap right now, whether it's data scientist teams or IT or logistics, supply chain, data, finance, everybody's wanting all this data together. They want one system for truth. And I think that's the, the, the problem that we're hearing the most is how fast can you help us? We've done this three to five years and we just can't get it. They've gotten it connected. They tried to do the integrated, but it's that continuous data quality side that we're seeing customers come out. And I think that's what we, the day, you know, you three calls this morning since, you know, this morning. And it's just, that's what the, fo- the focus is. How do we solve this? In demand. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Greg, where are we going next? Yeah, well, I think interestingly, um, you know, this is a, this is really a big picture problem. This is a macro supply chain issue. And, and to the point Nate just made, it's about internal data, it's about external data, it's about connecting and reconciling and using and creating not just analysis, not just a report, but real recommendations for users. So I'm curious, as you guys think about data and what you do and what you see in the marketplace from a very big picture standpoint, from what it means to supply chain or what it means to commerce, what really has you your attention right now? What is kind of top of mind, things that either concern you, excite you, challenges, opportunities, whatever you want to call it. And Nate, share with us a little bit of what you're seeing out there that either points to the future or reflects the current or the past and, and you know, just is interesting to think about or, or even solve for. Yeah, I think, uh, I, you know, we go back to data and I could talk about each specific piece of our solution where people are calling and there's a need in the space for it. But I would say that, you know, the days of having insights that tell you something to go do and not being able to do it because you're handcuffed because of your pricing model or you're on the you know oldest version but then you go upgrade and you're on the next to oldest version. Those <laughs> days are gone, man. And if, you know, it's like, if you're that type of company, I think you're going to, you know, struggle, you know, moving forward because shippers don't have time for that. So everybody's wanting it now and, and they, they're held being held accountable. So they need to go deliver. So I'd say I get excited about being able to help customers in every single piece of what we do have a very quick time to value where they can recognize ROI and it's real and that they have line of sight to savings. They can measure the savings it's in real time. And then there's even potential savings. Like how do we give them insights on, you know, Hey, how do you, you know, how do you use this regional carrier 
here's an opportunity. You could save 250 grand in California, go plug them in, hmm. you know? And so like getting the prescriptive and really helping them um, leverage their data and technology. And again, they can use their own TMS, but they're missing, you know, a lot of consultants out there will offer a suggestion and it's really a suggestion, but it's like for us, we, we get the beauty of, because we're data first, we can hang our hat on, you know, with some integrity behind it, that this is real opportunity. So helping people go get a fast time to value in a, in a time of need uh, where they're trying to, you know, impact their bottom line, you know, prove to their board that, hey, they're making the right decisions, or this is why they're having to shift um, without putting their finger in the air and trying to accrue. I get excited about that. Prescriptive. The word you used, prescriptive, is critical to make that that conversion from analytical or indicative to prescriptive to say, not just here is the data, go do something with it. It's here is the data. Here's what you need to do because of what the data reflects, right? I think that's super powerful. Andrew, you, you plug this sucker in. I mean, you monitor this and help configure the solutions that your customers get. So I'm interested in what you're seeing or, or you think companies will see or need to see in the future? Yeah, so you know, over the last decade, you see tools like Tableau and Power BI and you know, data visualization tools be able to pull together uh, huge amounts of data, make you know, the analytics, the, the visualizations very easy to create, um, right? And uh, you know, that's been fantastic, but you know, if you have a, you know, a pretty picture, that nobody knows how to interpret. Interpret. It's just a pretty picture, and you know, really, the skill set to be able to create those and then take action on them uh, is real. There's a gap there, and you know, what our tool is doing. One, we'll create the visualization so you can see what's going on, but we create these prescriptive insights that are monitoring the data, and you know, call out real time. It's not at the end of the month after everybody puts together their financials. But while issues are happening, um, it will show the issue and can take corrective action within our, our system to stop it from happening again. Um, and that's what's going to be necessary to continue to be competitive um, as companies put more emphasis on you know, their supply chains and service levels and cost. You can't just wait for an analyst to look at something six weeks later. You have to take action now. And um, it's just impossible to go through the amount of data some of these companies have to find those, those um, opportunities. Yeah. You know, you identified a couple of issues. One, it's impossible to go through those data as a human. And two, we have an incredible skills gap in, mm -hmm. in supply chain. It's, it is literally impossible to find enough skilled people to make the decisions that these typical analytics tools leave people to. Right. Mm -hmm. So more and more of those decisions will and will need to be embedded into technologies like yours and be more prescriptive because I don't see that I don't see that gap closing dramatically though this is a really incredible industry and a lot of people a lot of really smart people and Scott and I have seen literally physicists and rocket scientists get into this get into this practice but on an everyday basis, we just can't fill that gap. So technologies that are more prescriptive, as you guys have described, they're going to be absolutely necessary going forward. So I'm interested in kind of what 
has shaken your tree. You, you both have shared sort of foundationally where you came from, your upbringing and your, your, your all, both of your sports careers and then your professional careers. So what has really struck you either now, recently, you know, as a result of this seismic societal disruption around COVID or just generally throughout your career that's given you that sort of aha or eureka moment, you know, given you sort of a lightning bolt of information that, that you are, you're using as you go forward. Nate? I was going to say, Andrew, you start since you're the incredible. <laughs> go, okay, let's do that. We can do that. <laughs> Andrew, you start. Well, Greg, you, you described it exactly as, as I would. The fragility of supply chains, uh, especially in, I mean, in the country and in the world, has really been seen over the last year. Um, everybody was just-in-time inventory and uh, getting things, you know, to places right as it was needed. Um, there's not enough inventory in the system to, to handle any sort of disruption. Um, and it's been a lot. I think there was the seismic, everything shut down. Um, but now, you know, we have a bridge in Memphis that broke. And to get across the Mississippi River in That's one of the right. busiest corridors uh, in the country takes two to four hours right now. And there's not enough truck drivers to handle that. That should be a small event that's, that's a non-issue, but it's a big issue. And um, I think companies really have to rethink, you know, how am, I, how am I planning my supply chains? How do I keep inventory and how do I mitigate that risk? Because I, there's going to be something else. It's going to continue. Uh, and we got to think differently about it. And I think the last year has proven that. Yeah, well said. Nate, now it's your turn. Yes. Now, I mean, oh, Criticals have spoken. Spinning, now it's, it's like a bad I, I only have a few minutes. <laughs> um, what do I start with? Well, I guess the eureka moment for me in the last you know 12 months, if we just stay focused on that, I guess the thing that comes to my mind is visibility isn't enough is what I think about. Um, people need insights and need to tell them something. So to our earlier conversation, Greg, it, it has to be prescriptive and it has to be easy to understand actions for them to take, you know, like a lot of our big retail shippers, you know, and I, and I love how the industry has caused everybody to kind of relax a little bit and sit back and be okay with a barking dog and a crying baby. But we've got, you know, people that are highly paid, highly skilled sitting in their kitchen running freight mm -hmm. and um, they don't have time for anything else. And, and some people don't understand that until you start talking volumes and detail. And so I think the being able to, uh, you know, collaborate with some of these shippers and, you know, now friends, great friendships, they, they don't have time for certain things anymore because the volumes are so heavy and they're trying to just get the freight moved. And so being able to help them understand that, you know, Hey, so what if your truck's running late? Big deal. Like, are you really going to be able to solve that? If I could make an app where I could flick it and the truck would speed up, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So being able to give companies prescriptive insights and the, the ability um, to tell them opportunities that they can go take and hang their hat on it. I think the market is at a spot where they've been wanting to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, 
I, I, we look at it and go, holy cow, like, this is actually why we built the system. This is why Shannon and Frank put in AI and ML years. It's our, you know, my daughter earlier just got back from driver's training and I'm sitting, you know, I was out looking out the window going, man, some of these guys that try to come out and they say they have AI and ML and it's, you know, a few years old, it's okay to say it, but that baby's like starting to finally get out of diapers. Now, when you have AI and ML that's been around a while and it's had years and years and millions of transactions, it's cool to see the day and age that we live in and that we've been forced to help customers in is leveraging this, you know, AI and ML stuff, but yeah, visibility, it's not enough. It's the norm in the abnormal. And, uh, well, I'm pumped for what's to come. Agreed. Yeah, we are as well. And, um, I appreciate y'all taking a deep dive into not only your background and, and the rate leaks, uh, rate links journey, but also your take on, on, on what supply chain leaders and practitioners need, uh, where we are today and where we're headed. There is a ton of saturation to your point, Nate, and, um, there's gotta be a better way, you know, to, to Andrew's point, we're at the limit in so many different ways. A, a, a bridge, a crack in a bridge can derail supply chain here domestically as much as it has. And we all know the much, um, and Greg, you and I were talking about earlier today, uh, just from a cyber standpoint, all the bad folks out there that can, you know, grow anywhere with all to do much bigger, you know, throw much bigger curveballs and disruption at the industry. So, but that's why we're, we're glad there's a lot of smart people like the folks at rate links that are working hard to, to give the supply chain supply chains globally, what they need ship track and pay better. Got to close the loop there, ship track and pay better. So y'all uh, let's make sure folks know how to connect with Nate and Andrew. So Nate, how can folks connect with you and compare notes, supply chain or baseball or you name it? Absolutely. I mean, I've given my cell phone. I don't know if it's the appropriate, but I, I, the beauty of rate links is we're nimble and small and responsive. And Andrew and I are the guys that are going to help any customer at least have that first conversation and figure out if there's a fit and let them know if we can help them solve their problem or not. But face, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, www.ratelinks.com one way. And, uh, it's just that easy reach out, connect. Let's it's talk. Just, that's that. That's right. Start a conversation, take action, yeah. you know, start, take that first step. It'll all be in the show notes, how to connect with Nate and rate links and, and Andrew, any, uh, about the same way to connect or how would you advise? Yeah, absolutely. We don't take care of your pigeons anymore, but <laughs> other than that, uh, just reach out. Oh, you know what? We got to, um, you know, being from Memphis, Memphis, not only we got to, we got to have a follow-up conversation, Greg with Nate on baseball and Andrew on barbecue. I bet he's got some stories to tell there, huh? I don't know if I can say that publicly. People get pretty emotional about it here. <laughs> um, I know that they do. We had a number of customers at Blue Ridge that were in Memphis, and you couldn't tell certain ones you were in town and where you were going to get barbecue because it was the preference of another company, and you dare not start a battle between them. It's a, it's a battle. <laughs> so we'll save that for a much, much later show. Maybe wrestling the next time we, we connect with Andrew. But regardless, uh, Nate, great to have you back. Love to hear all the uh, continued growth and success you've had just in the you know last year or so that since you've been with us. Uh, big thanks, of course, to Andrew for joining us. Big thanks to Shannon and Corey, the whole team uh, back at uh, Rate Link's Mothership uh, for all they do to, to, to help 
continue to shed a light on the path forward for supply chain. All right. So Greg, a lot of great stuff here. Too many notes. I can't even count how many pages of notes I have this go around, but if, if there is one thing that folks need to hear from this conversation from Nate and Andrew, Greg, what would that one thing be? Visibility is not enough, right? Watching people run out of the store with cartloads of toilet paper doesn't do you a bit of good. What you do about it is what does you a bit of good. If you're driving down the road and your car is breaking down and your idiot light comes on, that's not helpful. If your car can take you to YouTube and show you what to do to fix it, that's helpful. So prescriptive is exactly where we need to, what we need to be expecting from solutions. Visibility is, to me, I mean, I, I don't, of course there are some really, really advanced capabilities in, in visibility tools, but really it's new age reporting and simply reporting what the data says or what the data shows is not enough these days. The capability exists in technology to continue down the path to show you what you need to do with that data. Wonderful. Visibility is not enough. One of the uh, dozens of t-shirt isms we have from this episode. Big thanks to Greg. Of course, big thanks, Nate Endicott, Andrew yeah. Hooser, both with Rate Links. Uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. Learn more, uh, you can go to supplychainnow.com. Of course, you can find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, be sure to subscribe and check out Tequila Sunrise too, where Greg's talking about all kinds of technology innovations from the movers and shakers. Hey, on that note, though, on behalf of our entire team, Scott Luton signing off for now. Hey, most importantly, do good, give forward, be the <laughs> be the change that is needed. For some reason, your, your thumb threw me off there, Greg. And we'll see you next time right here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.